What's up, Video Landers? I'm your host, Brad Hawkins. Quick reminder, you can find us on adventuresinvideoland.com or on our Facebook at Adventures in Video Land. A few months ago, I was introduced to some awesome 80s synth music through Dead Mouse Productions. So I tracked down the artist, and here we are. Tonight, I talked with Protector 101's Jake Freeman. Jake creates music that is laced with everything you loved from the 80s. His music is inspired by sci-fi, horror, video games, all the fun stuff we grew up on as kids. Tonight we talked about the origins of Protector 101, his creative process, movie soundtracks, Robocop, Chopping Mall, everything 80s that has inspired his style. After this podcast, check out his music. You can find him at Protector 101 Bandcamp, SoundCloud, YouTube. He's all over the place. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Please welcome Jake Freeman. Welcome to Video Land, Jake. Hello. So, Jake, I'm a huge fan of Dead Mouse Productions. Tell me about your involvement with Dead Mouse and how you got involved with this RoboCop collaboration. The documentary, it's called RoboDoc, and it's basically a huge, extensive documentary about all things RoboCop that's ever come out. So, I mean, we're talking about all the movies, all the you know, all the video games, the comic books, like music actors everything so uh, i haven't seen it yet but um i was talking to one of the people that worked on it and it it sounds really really freaking cool so um and then um i think as far as like how i got tied in with it i think it was um basil and i think he was the one that actually got them in contact with me because uh, they were looking for music and um basil and i have talked you know, many times over the years, and he knew about um, my older album, uh, The Prime Directives, which, you know, was obviously, you know, related to RoboCop movies, so um, I think that's how I got in contact with them, if I remember. This was, like, years ago, so. (laughs) Okay, yeah, because how many tracks do you have on the documentary? Um, I got, let's see, there's two... There's at least two tracks um, from um, um, the Prime Directives. Um, let me see. I'm trying to think of exactly which ones they were. <laughs> Again, this is like a, this has happened like a long time ago because it's been in the works for years and years. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the the people that are that do these documentaries, you know. Um, it just you know they take their own time and it's not like it's like they're taking their personal time to 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 make this happen but i think uh uh, serve the public trust was one of them and i think protect the innocent was another um and i i think they even used the intro of the prime directives for one of the and it could be a couple other tracks that they used too i can't remember Man, that's awesome, man. I'm really looking forward to that documentary. Do you know when that the release date will be? I knew they were trying to get it out for the 30-year anniversary, and they just couldn't make it. So I guess it's going to hopefully come out sometime this year? Yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping so, too. I haven't heard anything uh, from them in a while. So I know they were trying to do the 30th anniversary, but that didn't happen. So um, I think they were trying to... Uh, um, oh, gosh. Trying to... I'm trying to remember how the sequence of events went, um, but as far as I know, they are—they're um, hoping for this year. I guess. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it was a long way to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> you're fine. 
So, uh, was uh, Prime Directives always a tribute to RoboCop? Because you said this is an older album, right? But you, then you've remastered it, correct? Yeah, yeah. This, yeah, I think it came out like in 2012. Okay, was when I first released it. Um, and then after a while, after a few years, I re-released it uh, and completely remastered all the other tracks um, um, and uh, added all these B sides that I had when I was making the album like i had all these tracks that i wanted to add to the to the release but it didn't fit the structure because the prime directives you know there was only a few set of tracks you know one track for each prime directive so it just didn't fit with all the other other songs so i just attached them later to the re-release and kind of call them as you know b-sides so and how so how long did it take you to put the prime directives together um, and, and any any favorite moments? I mean, just tell us about your creative process and just tapping into the world of RoboCop. Um, I mean, the Prime Directives, like, it, that one was a really fast one for me. Like, I think overall I did, I think I finished it within a month time, like, from starting to finishing, like, mastering and all that other stuff. So um it just came really easily i mean like robocop's always been a thing for me my whole life you know ever since i was young and i first saw the movie so um it was it was pretty easy to tap into the inspiration and where to get it from so so did you watch like the movie 20 times and then write music to it or i mean how what was your creative process there no actually i really wish it was that like like cool of a story but it's just like <laughs> no I just like I mean I've seen it so many times you know it's like I, I I can probably like quote a lot of it you know but it's just like you know it's just like I just started making these tracks and like this is what I want to do and the structure of what I want to do it and call it the prime directives and and that was it it was my ode to Robocop yeah. so which I love that album by the way man um I've been notching oh, down you. some ideas for you know a couple different um, you know screenplays that we want to shoot here in in town and um, you know I always go to like the prime directives I just have it playing in the background you know just to give me some inspiration so yeah I love it man it's awesome oh um, thanks man yeah yeah no problem man. where where did the name Protector One Hundred One come from so Protector One Hundred One uh, the name comes from uh, the movie Chopping Mall oh nice. Yeah, so uh, Protector 101 was the series the series of robots that um, were supposed to be security guards for the uh, for the mall. And um, then Electrical Storm comes by and electrocutes the robots, so then they start going haywire and start killing everybody inside the mall. So <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's an awesome movie. It's an awesome movie. It, yeah, it's like if anybody has not seen that movie, like, they need to see it. Yeah, like, <laughs> grab some beer and some pizza and have a hell of a time. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> did, did you hear the re, did, did you hear the remaking Chopping Mall? I thought I heard that, but then it wasn't going to happen. So maybe they are going to go through with it. Ah, so unless you heard something I didn't. Uh, yeah, last thing I heard, it was still going, but they were going to replace the killer robots with mannequins. Did you hear that? <laughs> what? <That's laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. The director of Chopping Mall was all pissed about it, and I, I don't know that the new director was going to. He was excited about putting a fresh spin on Chopping Mall, and I don't know. That's why you like Chopping Mall, though, right? Yeah. Well, this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I remember hearing that. Yeah, and the director, like of the original, was like super pissed off at the yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I and I think if I if I remember correctly, please, you know, let me know if I'm wrong, but I think. Like, the director said, like, there was no talks about remaking it. It's not going to happen, like, kind of a thing. So Yeah. I, I would like to get both these directors on the same call and just let them hash out their shit. 
That'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, it would be great, yeah. But, but you're right, you know, it's like, if you're going to see the, a remake of Chopping Mall, you're going to expect robots, you know, like, these bulky, like, 80s robots. So, I think that's the fun of it, man, you know? Yeah, yeah. But the only thing that I would like, like, uh, it's fine if they want to remake it, but, like, if they're going to remake it, at least put some chopping scenes in it, because there was no <laughs> chopping scenes in Chopping Mall, so, like, everybody's like, like, dude, where's the chopping? Like, <laughs> You have to refresh my memory here. I mean, I'm sure you've seen it a thousand times, but... There's like this awesome kill in Chopping Mall, and it where like someone's head just freaking explodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's like that's like the like notorious scene for it, you know. It's like, but it's so funny because like, okay, so like the chick's running away, you know, <laughs> and then she stops for whatever reason, and then the robot shoots her head with a laser, and her head explodes, right? <laughs> which, which is great, you know. But what's really funny about that is like, anytime after that, like the like. The robots like hit someone with the lasers, like they don't blow up. Like it, like, <laughs> like stings them, you know. Like, like their head doesn't explode or their arm doesn't blow off or anything. So that's great. <laughs> that was their money shot, huh? <laughs> yeah, pretty, basically, it was. Yeah, that's where they put all their money into it. Yeah. So, man, where does this uh, '80s uh, movie obsession come from then? With RoboCop and Chopping Mall being big influences on your music. I mean, that's what I grew up with. I was born in 81, so, I mean, by 89, you know, I was, I was, I was, my, my parents, like, loved horror movies, and, you know, I was allowed to watch horror movies when I was really young, probably too young, you know, some parents might think, but, um, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is, like, my favorite horror movie ever, and I saw that when I was five years old, and that's, like, pretty freaking intense, like, you know, subject matter right there, so, um, but, I don't know, it's just like, it's like the 80s and the early 90s, like, nothing beats those horror movies. No, like, nothing. It just, it really doesn't, because, like, and the, the practical effects, like, especially in the late 80s and early 90s, were, like, top-notch, you know? They really were. Like, if you look at, like, uh, John Carpenter's The Thing, oh, like, that's, man, like, yeah. amazing work, you know? And you could tell that they put a lot of heart and soul into, into making it as real as possible. So, yeah, there, uh, there's a certain magic too to like just 80s music. I mean, you brought up the thing, you know, you got that it, Ennio Morricone score. You know, I love Fright Night. I love the Fright Night soundtrack. I love the Brad <laughs> Brad Fidel score. Man, Fright Night's my favorite movie yeah. of all time, man. You oh, know? that's cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, yeah. so what do you think that main component is? What makes that just that uh, so timeless? I don't know, man. I mean, it's, I mean, I can only answer for myself i guess but it's just like everything was like like if you look at the i don't know like like scores back then like i mean there's obviously i've always found more interest in like uh synthesizers and you know electronic devices like that rather than guitar i mean anybody can play guitar really you know i mean guitar sounds like guitar you know drums sound like drums and but there's something like one of my favorite bands skinny puppy i mean like you know, Dwayne Godel and Kevin Key, like, they're just surrounded by synthesizers. And, like, I don't know, there's just something really cool about that. And I think, I don't when you look at, like, 80s movies with the synthesizer score, it's just, like, I mean, it's so unique sounding, you know? It beats anything like Hollywood, like, you know, template orchestra sounding, you know? Um, I... I I, I guess yeah. For me, it's just there's certain elements that you just don't see anymore. These in like the modern day, 
you know like there's like films that are coming out now that are like trying to like like it follows you know that's like a synthesized score too yeah. you know like the, what the adapt to that or like um uh, the House of the Devil. It's kind of like you know, more like a seventies slash eighties. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of vibe to it, and it has like a kind of similar score too. So, so they're like they're trying to like recreate those like that vibe, which I think is really cool, and they're, and they're doing it really good too. I think. So. Yeah. And at what point in your life, man, did you start to take interest in movie soundtracks? Like, when you walked out of the theater and you actually looked at the uh, the fine print, you know, and you're like, man, who scored this? Or you waited for the credit, and you're like. <laughs> You know who scored this film? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. It's I don't know. It's probably since I was like 15 years old, at least. You know, could have been a little bit sooner than that. But I always like listened out. You know, I was always like my my parents, like especially my dad, like he was always into music, and so that always had a part in my life. So the music always stood out to me, and like like when I hear like a song, just like a regular song, like you know, like a band, like. I don't hear the lyrics like the words don't make sense to me the the actual vocals is just like another like sound to me you know and it takes me a few listens to actually hear the actual words it's, it's really strange it's how my brain works so so musically wise it's i always i always hear the music in um i don't i I don't know. It's just it's been like that for a long time with me. So, <laughs> now, did you have any kind of formal music training, or are you just self-taught? Um, mostly self-taught. I, you know, I played guitar when I was like 13, 14, and did some guitar lessons. But uh, I never get to learn how to like read music or any of that stuff. So it's just really like by ear and being self-taught, I guess. So, do you even remember I, the first track that you recorded? For Protector 101? No, just in general. So we're going uh, back a ways, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is like... I mean, I did like little stuff like like when I was like 10 or 11 and just like hit and record on, you know, like the boombox and, um, you know, just doing stupid chords. And a lot of it, you know, was like trying to like, like mimic other things because like grunge was like a big thing back when I was like, you know young so like nirvana smashing pumpkins that kind of stuff you know that's i mean that's how you learn a lot of this stuff is like how you know you take your favorite bands like secrets basically and try yeah, yeah. To, like, learn them you know so so i mean i did basic things like things like that but then like i started getting to like uh like keyboards like getting a like cheesy casio keyboard or yamaha and then just kind of like playing both at the same time and like recording that way it was all very primitive like recording like it wasn't until like um like that's like what like like early 2000s late 90s is what like when i started getting to computer like based music um working off trackers like just cola buzz and um and that's like then that's when i started like taking a really interest in and that kind of stuff computer-based music so and, and there's something there's something special though about learning in those primitive ways though right like in the mm. 80s and early 90s compared to, to now i mean do you think it's do you mm. think it's better to learn like how you learned or with all of the equipment uh, that uh, that people have nowadays um i don't know I'm, I'm a like i'm a guy that's like less is more kind of a thing you know i i love that like like you could be a drummer with like like 50 toms you know and like like two double bases and all these symbols and stuff but if you don't know how to play it you know it's just like you ever you ever see a movie called drumstruck no i haven't 
Okay, um, it was, um, have you ever seen Tetsuo the Iron Man by any chance? No, you're throwing some new ones at me. Okay, <laughs> so in the 90s, uh, Tetsuo the Iron Man was like a black and white, like, kind of art film, and it was like very, like, um, in, it had an industrial soundtrack, and this guy's turning into metal, and it's just like, it was visually striking, nothing like it at the time, um, but uh, I had it on VHS, and there was a, uh, it was a short uh, uh, movie right after that movie on the VHS, and it's called Drumstruck, and basically, it's about this guy, this drummer that's applying to, to be in a band, and um, auditioning, and there's this one other drummer, and this drummer has like all these cymbals, and toms, and bass drums, and all this stuff, but he doesn't know how to play shit, you know, he just, <laughs> he's just doing basic 4x4 beat, and then he gets on there, the, the main character, and he has like one bass drum that's all beat up, one beat up snare drum, this hi-hat that he like almost made and constructed by himself, and he's just like kicking ass like this really cool surf beat, you know, so... I guess, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but anyways, <laughs> so, I, I don't know, like, um, it's kind of cool to, like, like, I think you appreciate things more, like, if you come off of, like, things like that are primitive, you know, it, I think it gives you a different mindset, that's for sure, but, I mean, something to be said about the, the new stuff that's coming out, and just how easy it is to, um, but I think with easiness, like, there becomes, like, this lack of, like, I don't know, creativity. Yeah, exploration, right? Yeah, yeah. So people just get caught in, like, formulas, you know, just like, oh, this is what I do here, this is what I do there, you know? Yeah. So, because it works. Would you say you've evolved more um, since your first album? I think so, yeah. Um, The newest album that that I'm actually going to be getting the test pressing for the vinyl coming in pretty soon hopefully um it's definitely evolved much more so i have a couple tracks that have like vocals on it and that's like my first time that i've really dealt with vocals so yeah it's been in the works for like years honestly it's one of the tracks is, is like a three-year-old track it's like <laughs> this this release has been all over the place and it's just finally it's finally been done for like almost a year but we're just waiting on uh technicalities and all this logistic stuff so but would you say that uh prime directives would be a good starting point or would you point someone else in a different direction Mm, yeah i think yeah prime directives would be pretty yeah good point good point uh or or you can like even listen to the first album protector 101 that's kind of like it has a little bit of everything because i didn't quite know like where to go with protector 101 because i was like me for starting this whole project so so has your vision changed yeah the, the way things are structured like it's like i have a hard time and it's my brain that i just can't do basic like pop style progression so um it just doesn't work in my brain for me to do that so so there's still kind of like there's there's um i don't know like I said, I mentioned working with vocals is kind of cool because, like, I don't know, you kind of, like, kick back with the music a little bit and let the vocals take, you know, the spot. So you're just kind of blending in, like, the background, which is kind of like score work for me. So, which kind of comes easy, I guess. Like, I really like uh, working just on regular songs, but, like, there's something about working with soundtracks. It's just to have that something visually there. And just like 
making it your own kind of with your own style. I don't know. That's just, I don't know. It's, 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 it's a cool thing to do, I think. So. And you just completed the soundtrack to uh, Live and Die in LS, correct? Yes, correct. Can you yeah. tell us about that project at all? Um, Brian is the director of it, and he he um, runs In Pursuit Films. Um, and he was talking to me, this was about a year ago, I think, that he had made this new machinima uh, with the Grand Theft Auto engine. And, and he was telling me how there's like, you know, like, uh, like car chases it's like kind of like like the movie heat mixed in with 80s and like all these car chases because he's he's a big drift racer kind of person he, that's kind of like what he does is he races and so he like loves car chase like scenes and movies so and he he had worked on it for like i think like two or three years just to make it like perfect and edit it and and um and he really wanted me to do the score because he had he had really liked my work um, in the past, so and so uh, he gave me the cut, and I watched it, and I was like, "Man, this is really freaking good, man!" <laughs> so um, yeah, so I, I wrote the music on it, and it was kind of cool because like it wasn't directly '80s, so it kind of gave me like a little bit of like freedom to oh, work cool. with, like you know, different like uh, uh, sound samples and like instruments that I wouldn't normally use. Um, in the past, so he's trying to get it to uh, uh, Rockstar too. We oh, have a nice. couple connections with Rockstar, so um, kind of hoping that might play out into something. So who knows? <laughs> awesome. Well, how closely do you work with others, like producers or supervisors, in getting that that sound right, or are you just a one man show? I'm pretty much just a one man show, really. So, like, when people contact me to like do my stuff it's because they like my stuff yeah, my yeah. Sound. so um i mean i'll do some collaborations with others you know or like do some remixes like i have a couple of remixes coming out in the future so which is good um because it gives me some i don't know sometimes you get caught in a rut you know and it's nice to i find that doing remixes for others like kind of like like you're working off a template, so but you can still just add your style to it, and kind of gives you other ideas because you're working on somebody's, you know, other's uh, project. So, um, but yeah, uh, long story short, yeah, it's it's um, I just basically work by myself, really. <laughs> so now we have a we have a few music heads, man, that are going to be listening to this podcast. So, do you have a favorite instrument or sound that you like to experiment with, or do you write with a you know one specific piece of equipment in mind? Not really. I'm not really a hardware kind of guy. It's I usually just use software based instruments. Okay. Um, um, just because that works best for me. Yeah. Right now in my life. Um, so uh, I mean, I could name off some different software things. Like UVI stuff has like a great uh, vintage um, uh, retro package, um, and they've like you know sampled a bunch of like like old school like. Uh, 80s synthesizers uh cork has their own uh like um oh what's it called it's like their own pack of like all their old synthesizers that they made in the past oh nice and yeah and and then there's always like i always go to and it's always been this way uh synth one and it's a free synthesizer that a Japanese guy made years and years and years ago. And the community is like still going strong on Synth One. And 
there's like 25,000 plus different patches you can work with now and of course you can make your own and everything so but synth one is a great a great like free synthesizer to use so man and i love this um this current revival of 80s style music you know you have uh, i don't know if you've heard of voyager but they scored you know roddy piper's final film portal to hell you have survive who's doing you know scoring stranger things blitz berlin scoring the void are there any other musicians that inspire you to create um like what's his name uh john mccam i think he did the uh soundtrack to surf, surf nazis must die oh okay yeah uh, which is like a fine movie it's whatever you know but Damn, that freaking soundtrack is so good. Man, like, now you have so me interested, man, because it's been forever since I've watched that movie, because, you know, it's probably yeah. just whatever, but now I want to yeah. go back and watch it just because uh, you've uh, talked about that score, so you love that score, huh? I love Straight Nazis Must Die score. It's like, it's so good. It's like one of those movies, like, in the 80s where, like, the, like, music is better than the movie itself. That's <laughs> awesome, man. I gotta check that out now. Yeah, it's something, I don't know, it's like the sound of it and like uh, just the melancholy of the, the whole vibe of it. And um, I don't know, he, he did a really good job on it. And uh, of course, Chopping Wall is, is a great soundtrack. Like, I always look for inspiration. And, Man, see, that's uh, awesome too because I actually love Chopping Mall. Chopping Mall is fantastic. And uh, <laughs> I, uh, I've never really just you know stopped and just like listened to the music in this now i gotta go back and watch chopping mall just to just to listen <laughs> it's really good man it's like and something about like because like what they had back then the hardware i mean like like now to edit it like that is fine it's easy you know you just like click on a, you know a few midi notes here and there and just you know copy paste kind of a thing but like back then you know all the hardware and stuff and like they didn't really have things like that so it, it's very impressive when you think about it along those lines. Yeah, are you a John Carpenter range. fan, obviously? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. So do you um, think do you think your genre of music has evolved since the eighties, or is that just the is that the trick to recreate that magic? And is it hard to recreate that magic? Um, I think it's I think it I don't know, for me it could be easy, but like you gotta make it your own too, I think. Yeah. You know? So it's like yeah, you can sound like these people, which is fine, but like you'll just sound like John Carpenter, or you just sound like John McCam, or whatever, you know. So you got to throw your spin, your own spin on it. I think so. Um, I mean, because you can like literally like look up the instruments that they use and like use those instruments or download whatever instruments that they use and just work off those same sounds. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and history always repeats itself, man. I think uh, I think that style yeah. of music will, you know, have a positive effect on future film. I mean, I already brought up, you know, like Stranger Things, and you brought up It Follows. You know, what's your thoughts on, you know, music or current music in horror and sci-fi films? You know, like you brought up It Follows. Is there uh, any other movies right now that you like that where people are doing interesting things with the music? Um, I, I mean, as far as like if. Like, if I look at orchestra-wise, um, oh, what's his face? Uh, he does, like, Interstellar. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's his... Uh, I know, yeah. <laughs> the easy name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like, I like him a, a lot. Um, but now it's starting to get a little bit repetitive for me with, with his stuff. But I do like his style, 
like you know and like the Batman movies or Interstellar or, um, I really liked the uh, um, Dunkirk I think he did a good job too on that so it's just like you you know like he's the guy that you know like like Philip Glass you know he had all this information of like all this knowledge about you know um, orchestral music and style and theory and stuff and just threw that all out and just kind of made his own thing you know so um but yeah i don't know like being the music guy i the first thing i'm hearing is music and it i hope to god it's not just basic you know like you know it's like like they're like i don't know i might be I don't know. I, like the newest Halloween trailer, like it just like it was so like horrible for me because it just went by the numbers. Like the trailer itself. I'm not saying the movie's gonna be bad or anything, but like the trailer itself was so by the numbers and like the way it was edited and like the sounds that they used for the music. It was just like, dude, this looks like every other horror movie like <laughs> that's yeah, come yeah. out in the past ten, fifteen years. So Yeah. Are you are you a fan of uh, Return of Living Dead soundtrack or are you a fan of Fri- are you a fan of Fright Night at all? Yeah, I love Fright Night. I love Return of the Living Dead. Yeah, those are great movies, man. <laughs> yeah, they got some great music in those movies, man. I don't know. I have this uh, this hardcore fetish with Fright Night, man. I don't know. It's crazy. It's my, like I said, it's my number one movie of all time, man. I just every every song that comes on, man. I'm just in the living room singing along with it, man. I don't care what it is. <laughs> it's, it's seriously a really good movie, and there's like there's nothing like it really. I mean, they tried to redo it, you know, but what Colin Farrell is his name? Yeah, or? yeah. Unfortunately, they tried. <laughs> 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 no, man. I, I know it's like you know watching your own baby just like turn into something you don't want it to turn into. Oh so. man, yeah. yeah. So you're uh, you're in L.A. tonight, right? Uh, no, I'm actually in Oregon. Oh wow, in Oregon. Okay, are yeah. you on tour right now? No, um, I did a festival uh, a, a couple weeks ago um, in New Jersey, uh, but uh, I got another festival coming up in uh, yeah in LA, twenty uh, third and twenty fourth. So, how how'd your New Jersey show go? Oh, really good. Yeah, a great crowd. Um, I, I played at that venue before last year at the other Human Music uh, Festival, and. Um, um, yeah, it was just really good. Uh, the people that run the place, the venue, the, they're just solid people, you know, just really cool. And they care about the music, and yeah, it's yeah, really good. Are your shows like in a standing room, or is it like people seated? How is how is that, uh, you know, what's the, what's, give me the visual yeah. there. Yeah, it's, it's standing room, you know, um, so you got your stage and everything, and then you just uh, your typical venue, no, no chairs or anything, you know, always, there's always the obligatory bar in the back, you know, so... Because I, I, um, the reason I ask is because like I went to um, I went to go see John Carpenter last year, and, and, and you're probably your music is a little bit more upbeat than Carpenter, you know, obviously. But it was it was really weird because man, I love Carpenter, man, I love Carpenter's music. But it was a standing room, you know, and uh, for for two hours you're listening to John Carpenter music, and John Carpenter music has. I don't know. It's it, you, like a lot of people were like, you know, looking at you like this is fun, this is cool. We're in, we're we're seeing John Carpenter, but. God damn, I'd like yeah. to sit down and just sip on a drink while I'm listening to this badass music, you know? <laughs> it, it was really weird for a standing room. I mean, do, do you think yeah. a standing room is, is good for what you do then? Because like I said, yours is a little bit more upbeat than probably Carpenter. Yeah, I, I when I play live, I, I usually play the more upbeat tracks. I don't really play any like a soundtrack stuff, unless it's like an intro or some kind of, you know, like outro kind of stuff. But um, 
Yeah, that's weird, man. Because I, 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 every picture that I see, it's always like a like people are sitting down and watching Carpenter. Yeah, but maybe it was just the one I went to Detroit, man, and maybe it's just the one I went to. But it was really weird too, because like you're listening to Halloween or They Live soundtrack, you know, and yeah, and the, yeah. or the thing, you know, and it's like you're just you're just standing there next to somebody, like you know, you don't know you don't know if you should like bob your head. Or if you just right. should just be contemplative <laughs> or what. It was really odd. I just wanted to go sit down and, and just talk John Carpenter while he was playing the keys, you know? Right, yeah. That, that's really strange, yeah. I would see John Carpenter as like more of a sitting down person. Yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, and it's nothing to do like his music. I mean, you know, it's definitely like energetic kind of a thing, but it's like a different type of energetic. Exactly. Like, yeah, my, my, my wife and I, we went uh, to... In Oregon, they had um, this Japanese drum group called Tao, and we tried to see him in Japan a couple of years back, but just didn't get to it. And then randomly, they were playing in Oregon, so we went to go see Tao. And um, the, the Japanese drums, you know, the big taiko drums, the huge drums, and yeah. like even though you were sitting down, like you wanted to get up, you know, you wanted to <laughs> freaking, uh, uh, you know. So, but like even like like that, like John Carpenter doesn't have that kind of vibe to it. So yeah. So what yeah, what's your been, what what's your goals, man? Then for for for, uh, for Protector One Hundred and One, man. What do you what do you want to do in the future here? Uh, I definitely want to work on more soundtracks and scores, you know, things like that. Um, I love doing that stuff, but um, I would like to tour more too. I'm trying to get uh, overseas. I'm trying to get a Glasgow. Oh, nice. coming up and if that happens then maybe a couple shows in like Dublin oh um, man is it, would that be your yeah. first time you know going out of country yeah, well yeah, well we've been out of the country too like but like as far as playing live I played a little show in um, Osaka Japan um, but that was like like a tiny little barcade you know but it was still like technically I played a show in Japan so <laughs> oh that'd be sweet man yeah yeah so that that was like quote unquote technically my first overseas show that I played with Protector 101 but um yeah but this would be more legit kind of a thing you know actual big venue and you know everything so I noticed in I think it was your New Jersey picture maybe I'm wrong but uh, on your uh, Protector 101 uh, Facebook page you had like a huge helmet on man like uh, like Daft Punk style is that do you wear that when you play or is that uh, is that Photoshop I don't know what is that yeah, that's the, yeah, that's uh, that's the helmet I wear. That's actually from uh, Chopping Mall. It's the the head of the dude. Robot. I thought so. I thought so. <laughs> I should have said that because then I would have got some geek cred. I thought so. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I mean, we can always go back and edit this. You know? <laughs> I might. I might. I'm gonna be like, hey, that's the Chopping Mall <laughs> robot head, isn't it? <laughs> no, that's awesome, yes. man. How, where did you get that? Uh, so one of my best friends uh, that I've grown up with. Um, He's always built like props on the side, you know, all his life. And then he's actually now, cut fast forward to many years, he's actually working on Hollywood films doing props, uh, prop making. So um, he's like, dude, I want to make something for your live shows. You know, what can we do? And I was like, ah, I don't know, man. I was like, what about Chopping Mall? You know, these robots. I mean, my name's Fucking Protector awesome. 101. Yeah, that makes sense, right? Yeah. So, He's like, yeah, totally. So I give him like all this, you know, like inspirational, like visuals, like pictures, and he, he was watching Chopping Mall over again, and so he like he yeah he just built the whole thing, you know, put the lights in it and everything. So. Oh, it's fucking awesome, man! Is that do you think it's a pretty close replica? Like it's been five 
probably five, six years since I've watched Chopping Mall, you know? Mm-hmm. I remember yeah. enough, to, you know, like when that lady's head explodes and I remember the concept. I, I love Chopping Mall, but it's been a while. I knew that yeah. was the Chopping Mall head, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it's a pretty faithful, like it's been a while since I've watched it. Do you think it's pretty faithful, like uh, a prop? Yeah, I mean, he built it from scratch, obviously. Like, yeah. he, you know, he took like, he actually built it, we're going to probably eventually do a, a newer model because this is like his first like model of this style here. But he actually used like the same materials like fiberglass, um, like materials that they used in the eighties. So it is like right now, like modern day, like technology and stuff, it's so much lighter and more durable. So, um, I think that's what I'm going to have him do. The next one just put some <laughs> modernize it more. So, but yeah, he, he, he pretty much like, he, yeah, he did a really good job. Viking props. Viking props. Now I want a chopping mall or a fucking robot head, man. I want a killer bot head in the studio. I'm, I'm jealous now. It sucks. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to have to yeah. look into that. Dude, he, he can make anything. Viking props, dude. He, he usually works on like uh, like Ghostbusters packs. That's yeah. like, kind of like what he does like on his downtime when he's not working on movies. And like, like he, dude, it's like, it's crazy. Like the amount of details he puts out on them. And he's actually Vikings? doing right now, he's doing uh, the real Ghostbusters like the cartoon style packs. Oh, cool. So it's like totally like, yeah, it's, it's really cool. You said yeah. Viking props? Uh, Viking. Like I'm a Viking. Awesome. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. look into that, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we close, man, so what's, what's next for Protector 101? When's that new album coming out? When can we, uh, when can we get that? <clears throat> so I was kind of hoping it would be out by now, <laughs> but, uh, record store day just like totally like ruined a bunch of people's like, timing schedules with their vinyls so uh test press came uh, it's gonna be in the mail sometimes this week towards me uh when it gets to me i gotta listen to the test press make sure it's okay um and if it's okay then i kind of hoping like maybe august september for the release of it nice so and your and your stuff sells out quick man like i was trying to get me a, a vinyl and a cassette tape and i was gonna go all out but man you go on the next day and like your vinyls and your cassette tapes are completely sold out like i don't even think you can buy any vinyls or cassette tapes right now can you no not right now no so the only the only kind you can get is probably like when i'll sell them at shows so yeah right on man well the best of luck to you man Um, is there anything i haven't brought up that you want our listeners to know about anything you want to plug tour dates anything no, not really. Honestly, you've just covered a bunch of stuff. I'm, I'm horrible at self-promoting, so. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just uh, going to be playing more shows. That's 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 one of the goals this year, and I've already been doing that. So, oh, also playing a show in Rhode Island at another festival out there, too. So, it's, uh, I think the Neon Fest is, is what it's called. It's like a three, I think a three-day festival, and they have, like, video games and movies and like the whole works so that's awesome man yeah and this one coming out in june is in la and that's outrun the sun festival so excellent man i'm I'm glad that you uh, have some uh music on that robo doc because that's how i found you you know through um through the uh you know gary smarts page and, and 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 those guys and uh I was like, so I started listening to you, man. I tell you what, man, I'll, I'll listen. I'll just go on a drive sometimes, man. You just see that driving music, you know what I'm saying? And you got some good driving music there too, man. So no, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm a fan, uh, man. I, I really like what you're doing. I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, that RoboDoc is gonna be freaking phenomenal, dude. I cannot wait. 
So, so, so thank you very much for your time, man. Where can Video Land find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Just you know, search Protector One Hundred One Bandcamp Protector One Hundred One. It's you know, I'm on you know SoundCloud, and Twitter, Instagram, all the stuff. Just Protector One Hundred One is all you need to search. So you might find Chopping Mall on there too if you do the search. <laughs> <laughs> Which you gotta see. Awesome Watch that movie. It's awesome. It's fantastic. <laughs> all right. Thanks. Thank you so much, Brad. I appreciate this. Hey, no problem. To all of our listeners, you can find us on adventuresinvideoland.com. You know, we're all over the place. We're on Twitter. We're on Tumblr. But the conversation always begins and ends on Facebook. So until next time, my good people, peace out.